Whitelist.io Kia ora koutou, ko Courtney Toku Ingoa. And hello everyone, my name is Courtney. I am a mindset, mindfulness and self-development coach from Ototahi Christchurch in New Zealand, if you can't tell from the extremely strong accent. Sometimes I'll go into an Australian accent because some of my family live there and a lot of the people I work with, coaches and mentors, also from Australia. So just going to preempt, that is why sometimes there is a bit of a twang from from business as usual. This podcast going into season three, which is very exciting. And I'm intuitively leading this podcast to just follow the season that I'm in, which is really cool to bring you guys along. If you have been here since the very start of season one, end of 2022, you will know that there has just been so much exciting stuff for the podcast. And season three is bringing a new intentionality around bringing back those teaching elements, mixing them in with what season two was, which was all about normalizing spits of conversations and having conscious and vulnerable connections. I am so excited to bring you the blend and just bring you guys along for the ride as what this podcast is constantly evolving into. It's just, just the most magical journey and I'm so grateful for you here, for your energy and let's get into it. Open your mind, stay grounded, stay connected to what is for you, what isn't, what's resonating, and maybe what is something for you to put in your toolbox for later on in life. Let's get into it. Interrupting this episode with an important announcement that the Normalizing Expansion broadcast is now open for people to come in. This is a rolling broadcast, so a rolling membership where you can come in for one, three, or six months of access to me, my perspectives, my insights, in kind of a form of a very intimate podcast. So if you like the podcast, this is going to be the space for you. We have Q&As every so often. We have mini trainings at least once a week where I come in and I give you an insight into a lesson and turn that into a training of what you can apply to your life with actionable steps like a mini masterclass and also stories and things that I am moving through behind the scenes, what offers may be coming up and exclusive access to those and so much more. If you are interested, find the link in the show notes and I will talk to you in the broadcast there. If you have any questions, jump into my DMs about what that actually is as a broadcast and I will talk to you there. On the fucking vibe podcast, hope you've had a beautiful week and we are jumping in today with another guest episode and I'm very lucky to have our guest today from the other side of the world, well, almost the same side as me, which is amazing. I'll get on, I'll get her to jump on and introduce herself, and then we'll ask her the classic icebreaker question. So, introduce yourself. Who are you? Where have you come from? And yeah, the floor is yours. 
Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here with you today. I am Kel. I am a mindset and life transformation coach and spirituality mentor. I am currently living in Bali. I moved here in January of this year. And before that, I was living in the U.S. So my journey really began in 2018 when I made the decision to leave an emotionally abusive and toxic as fuck marriage and move across the country to restart my life in every possible way. And I have since transformed every aspect of my life as evidenced by the fact that I now live in Bali. So I am so excited to chat with you today. I'm so, thank you so much for the introduction. And just like, we were just chatting before and I was telling Kat, I was like, this is just so powerful, her story and, and what she does. And literally she is now living in Bali, living her absolute best life, which we fucking, we just fucking love. So the icebreaker question that we I ask all of my guests is what's on the fucking vibe for you this week? So this could be anything from like literally anything from like food to setting really powerful, strong boundaries to li- it could literally be anything. Um, Just what's the first thing that, that pops into mind when I ask what's on the fucking vibe for you this week? Oh, I love this question. And right now there's so much on the fucking vibe. Like, I'm going to be honest, my life is a fucking vibe and yeah, it hasn't love. always <laughs> been this way, but like literally like the other day, I just had like I'm like, my life just feels so juicy and delicious. I'm like, today feels like Mm. an orgasm. Like that's literally how good life feels. It was like an orgasm of a day. And I'm in this interesting space of just massive growth, which has kind of been the theme of my life over the past few years. It's like this always perpetual stage of massive growth. But I feel like I'm in the middle where it's like, my the routines that I had before don't really fit anymore, but I haven't really figured out like what's next. So I'm just allowing myself to be in this space in between, almost like the messy middle and just surrender to it and just allow it to unfold. And it feels really fucking good. And another really exciting thing this week is I am going on a little retreat. It's one of my girlfriend's mm-hmm. birthdays and we are organizing like this little retreat. So there's uh, six girls and we're going going to one of the islands here in Bali and we're all bringing in like a different practice and workshop that we're going to include and just create like our own retreat which just is amazing because when I moved to Bali I legit did not know a single person like I basically moved across the world to a country I've never been to and didn't know anyone and Mm. now I have like the most soul aligned friendships and like my actual like soul sisters and it's just so so beautiful Oh, it's so beautiful. And like, wow, have fun. That sounds amazing. And it really is like, even like what you just spoke about the first part, it's like you moving to a completely different country, not knowing anyone, you cleared so much energetic space to meet those soul aligned people. And it's just like, there's so many iterations of that in life where we make these huge or small, but most often big moves, clearing this energetic space and then that's the place that we have to hold ourselves in the surrender, the trust, and it always works out. And then you look back five, six, a year, a year later, and you're like, wow, like that was the direct correlation of me like making a really big move and making a lot of changes. But like, look where I am and look what I have. Like yeah. this was intentional. Yeah. Yeah. And clearing space is so fucking important because so often in life, we're like, where are our manifestations? Why haven't they arrived yet? And if you think (laughs) of like what you're manifesting and what you desire in life as like 
airplanes flying up in the sky in a different dimension, you got to clear like the, the landing field, like they need space to land. And if you don't mm-hmm. have space for what you're desiring to actually come into your life and have that safe landing, then they're going to be stuck up in the ethers forever. So it's actually creating the space emotionally, energetically, and sometimes even physically to allow what you desire to enter your life and to become an actual energetic match for it. Like you, you have to clear out that space. Mm, I know because I feel like that that term like energetic match like clearing energetic space it gets thrown around a lot but what it really looks like in tangible terms is having that safe landing pad like I've recently just quit my full-time job and there have been a lot of things that I've been manifesting and working on and compounding and all of these beautiful yeah juicy intentions that I know are going to land but knowing that they have not landed yet and there is not enough space in my life currently or there wasn't for those things to land and so being also in that season of change that season of trust and surrender of showing up and doing what you fucking need to do but knowing that the vibes are immaculate for it to to land and there's actually space for them to do so and congratulations I am celebrating the shit out of you for Thank you. making that decision because it, it's scary it feels scary to make changes. and so often we make the fears in our life wrong right like it's scary that means it's not right and yes sometimes that's true but also we have an mm. outdated brain who still thinks there's like a saber-toothed tiger around the corner and most of the time the fear means we're actually doing everything right it means we're doing something exciting it means we're doing something new it means we're doing something that actually matters but we let fear hold ourselves back and we talk ourselves out of it before we even try and you actually have to take the first step like it's this dance with the universe but you have to initiate it you have to go first and show the universe like I'm here for it let's fucking tango but the universe Mm -hmm. is never going to make that first move Mm -hmm. I love that and like if you're listening to the podcast you just I smiled when you just said like you have to make the first move I feel like that was the message that I kept getting it was like you I was like oh but what if you just like gave me some funds like what if you just brought the abundance to me now what if you just like made like you know manifested this thing then I'll move then I'll be fine and the message I kept getting was no that's not how this works (laughs) like this is actually not how this works you need to move first I will support you. You are supported. You are guided. You just need to sit back and trust and do the thing that you know you need to do. And I kept getting that message. And and like now there has been so much evidence, of course, like from that time where that decision needed to happen at that time, always in divine timing. But it really is a dance of that co-creative process. Like manifestation is not just like sitting and wishing and waiting and keeping your vibes immaculate because like, that that's just not how the shit flies but yeah just so funny I was like that dance but the dance is the fun part it It really is the fun part yeah the dance is the fun part and it's like it gets to unfold and life gets to be created and we're participating in all of it and we actually get to intentionally help guide this dance but it definitely can feel scary to take that first step it does I would say it doesn't necessarily get easier with practice, but it gets a little bit more comfortable with practice, like stepping out of your your comfort zone, which is really just the parking lot in life. Like so often we get stuck mm. in our comfort zone and we're like, oh, I feel safe in the moment. But you're literally like, think of your comfort zone as like the parking lot of life. You're just parked and stuck and stagnant your entire life, which I'm like cringing as I say that. <laughs> but 
you you build a level of trust in yourself and the universe source god spirit you know whatever higher power term mm-hmm. resonates with you the most but the more you take that first step the more you just trust and know how guided and supported you really are i remember the first time i ever made like a massive like life decision that i knew would change the trajectory of my life forever and the fear that i had and it was actually leaving my marriage which was i didn't realize how emotionally and abusive and toxic it was until I actually mm-hmm. left because sometimes you need that breath of fresh air to actually realize yeah. that you've just been so, so your life is so polluted. But I can remember just feeling like I was standing at the top of a mountain and knowing that I needed to jump and I didn't know what was going to catch me, but I knew I couldn't say where I was. And now like when I do make changes in life, it's sometimes that same feeling where it's like, you know, you need to jump, but now it's like, when you leap, you know, you're going to be protected. You know, you're always being guided. A hundred percent. And there's such a, there's such a powerful shift as well. I was talking to my friend this morning about a year ago, two year ago, me wouldn't have been able to make this decision or the decision before that. And yes, that comes from a the trust and surrender and it's not that it gets easier because you just end up making bigger changes and bigger moves in life because you're always pushing your edges if you're committed to growth but there's a part to also when you do when you do make those shifts and changes you've also built a solid sense of self you know that okay even if nothing catches me I'm actually going to catch myself and that is such a shift in how you operate in your life is knowing that yeah, I create my own life, but I actually am going to be the person and build a sense of self that's going to catch myself at any given moment because I also, on the other hand, trust and surrender. And I know that it's going to be guided and it's all going to work out for me. But that has to be that, yes, building trust and surrender, but also building that solid sense of self. And once you have those two mastered, like the world's your fucking oyster because you're unstoppable at that point. Yeah, you are unstoppable. Yeah, it's that unshakable trust within yourself that knowing no matter what happens, like I'm good, like I'm fucking good. And that's what genuine confidence is. It comes from self-trust. And for most of my life, I didn't really understand what confidence was. I thought it was based on like external conditions, how I look or how my hair looks, but that's not related to confidence at all. Confidence comes from that level of trust within yourself. And when you have mm-hmm. that level of trust within yourself, like you just trust life. The more you trust yourself, the more you can trust life. And the more you can trust other people because everything is a reflection of the relationship that you have with yourself. Mm-hmm. Preach. I feel like that's one of my favorite, just just a, something I anchor back in all the time too, is like everything is a reflection on the relationship yeah. you have with yourself even the relationship with the divine or whatever resonates with you. And I love mm-hmm. how you said it, but it truly, it truly is. I remember a time in my life where the relationship with myself was very, very disconnected. And when I teach, you know, relationship with self, figuring out who we are, the self-discovery journey, I relate it to when you start to enter into this relationship, actually getting to know who you are, not who you are out here. I imagine it too when you start dating someone else and you have, you kind of like, you test the waters a bit. You you say a few things that are like a little bit vulnerable. You test the waters and you see how it goes. And then you start to, you know, go into the deep stuff. You talk to, start to talk about your family. You start to talk about your friends. You start to talk about 
the changes that you're going to make in your life, the things you actually want to start doing together. And it becomes this beautiful journey where you actually trust the person, like the relationship with yourself. You actually trust yourself to be able to make these decisions. So often we want to do all these big things. We want to make changes, but we don't have this level of safety and trust because we don't know ourselves. And it's like, if I wanted to say, for instance, move different countries with my, with my long-term partner, right? If I said to him, if I just met him last week and I was like, Hey, do you want to move to Africa? And he, he might be like, yeah, sure. But he's most likely going to be like, what the actual fuck? Um, yeah, no, get, we've get just the fuck met. out of here. We've just met. And when we start to work, we get this like, oh my gosh, I have to change everything in my life. It's like, no, actually you have to build relationship and sense of self first before we can start making those radical life changes. Because from that place, now we've been together 10 and a half years, he's probably still going to be like, what the fuck? But he, he'll also be like, okay, like, no, I trust this person. I know the intention comes from a good place. They're solid in who they are. This must make sense in some universe. <laughs> but yeah. that's that's kind of like a very like dramatic example of when we try and quit our job or leave a relationship or make huge changes to who we are. It's so much easier and it's only possible. It's required to build that sense of self and relationship first. Yeah, for sure. And the relationship with yourself is not only important, it's the most important relationship that there is, like period. And I actually missed that life memo. Like nobody told me, like, by the way, the relationship with yourself is important. And (laughs) it wasn't intuitive for me. And it actually took leaving an emotionally abusive and toxic as fuck marriage to recognize that the most toxic relationship of all was the relationship that I had Mm. with myself. And, you know, it, it was the experience of having everything that my identity was attached to removed overnight because I, I'll give you some context here. I was living what I thought was my dream life in sunny South Florida. I had a successful business. I lived in this beautiful house that I remodeled to perfection. I had six pack abs. I drove a Porsche. Like I had all the things and my life looked really good from the outside, but inside I was miserable. So I took a trip, what was supposed to be a two week vacation to Washington. And during that time, I made the decision I knew in my heart and soul that I needed to make, which was to not only leave my marriage, but to move across the country to restart my life. So after the two weeks, I went back to Florida. I filed for divorce, packed my shit and garbage bags out of my dream house because my ex was uh, not quite on the same page as me. And I went broke overnight when he then decided to withdraw every penny from our joint account. So two days later, I was on a flight back to Washington with a suitcase and a dream of a different vision for myself. And Mm. everything that I thought I was, was removed. So I'm like, okay, if I'm not these things, then who the fuck am I? And Mm. that was the beginning of my journey of self-love and self-discovery, which is essentially what the healing journey is. And I literally started like, viewing the relationship with myself from like a third party, like perspective, like, okay, if I wanted to get to know someone with the intention of falling in love with them, I'd probably like date them and get to know them first. And I started dating myself and I started doing all of these things and practices to build and cultivate the relationship with myself. And I began to notice the toxic patterns within the relationship with myself. And when I made all of those internal shifts and changes, that's when my life really began to change. It wasn't from trying to change the exterior. It was making those internal changes that changed everything. 
everything yeah and mm. it's it's such a powerful powerful story and just thank you for sharing that the the part where you start to notice toxic patterns with yourself it's so easy to become distracted when we can kind of express those in relationships with other people and kind of taking ourselves out whether that's a, a solo hike or a solo date whether you're in a relationship or not you have these moments where you have to be your own breath of fresh air and you have to give yourself a bit of that self-responsibility to give yourself a bit of a kick up the ass and go what who am I actually being in this relationship who but how am I doing it and how is it coming from my energy what's my responsibility to take and what maybe isn't mine um, but I can notice like where I can respond to that from my heart and from a really a place of integrity and noticing these patterns especially I, I was just talking to an, another friend today about anxious avoidance and wanting to give my partner at the moment I'm really being so intentional about giving him more permission to be more direct with me and making sure that he feels more comfortable to you know stand in his power and be grounded in who he is and his opinion and while I may not like it I really have felt this this pull to to push him to be more of himself um, unapologetically around me especially if I'm not going to be liking liking it or I have a different opinion and it took me a while to notice this pattern where I actually like, I didn't want his opinion. I didn't want anything to be, you know, wrong or like if it, if he said something different, it was challenging me. And the pattern was just, I just wanted to be safe and right in, ter- in who I was. And anytime that he said something, I would be like, it would rock me. I'd be like, fuck, who am I? Like, what am I doing? Like, maybe this isn't the right decision but not noticing that it actually came from a deep place of love and connection. So yeah, even that as well, looking at the relationship there, but then going, okay, where am I actually doing that with myself? Where am I challenging myself? And then telling myself, oh no, like that's wrong. Like, don't do that. Like you're just challenging yourself, like, and not actually growing. And it was so interesting, like just over the last couple of months to observe that dynamic and then the dynamic with myself as well. Yeah. And I love, I love that you shared that. And it's so important to have relationships where you can show up in your authentic expression and to have that be received. And so often there is a connection between our attachment styles and our authenticity, because when we're children in our programming years, if our attachment is compromised, then we will always, always abandon our authenticity. And we develop attachment styles to feel a sense of safety, to feel connection, to feel love, to feel accepted by our primary caregivers. And if that's threatened in any way, we will automatically abandon our authenticity to be who we need to be in order to meet our attachment needs as children. And we don't even have the awareness of this because it's subconscious. And then it shows up in romantic relationships because if you don't address your childhood trauma, then your romantic relationships will. Mm, wow mic drop moment that is huge (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and that's literally it it's like when I first started really deep diving into like trauma work I always used to think of trauma as big t trauma so really like quite significant life events or things that you know maybe someone was in a car crash or they they had a a very painful event that happened and that was big t trauma and then starting to realize that actually 
everyone has a form of little t trauma, whether they've not yeah. experienced anything traumatic in their life, the compounding effects of some social conditioning or the way that they were brought up in childhood, everyone actually has a base level of trauma, but it just depends whether it's in the little t, the big t, or a kind of a, a mixture of both. And especially when you talk to like attachment style, all of these things in which we, when we are children, they actually allow us to be safe. They actually allow us to operate, to gain love, to gain attention, to to become a very safe and secure child. But sometimes when we realize, oh, actually I'm an adult living in an adult universe and I want to make fucking adult decisions and have adult relationships, the way in which I was programmed to receive that love and attention actually isn't serving me anymore and yeah. isn't in alignment with how I want to show up in my relationships now because you may have a really beautiful conditioning around relationships and that may serve you pretty well but most likely it's going to be different than what your experience as a child and at least that's my that has been my experience yeah and for most of us we literally have a child between the ages of like four and eight running our lives because that's our subconscious programming. That's when the majority of our subconscious programming occurred between the ages of zero and eight. And our ego's job is to protect our inner child. So that's why we develop these patterns in the first place to keep us safe, to protect our concept of self, to meet those underlying needs. And a lot of them are related to trauma. And you're absolutely right. Like I had the same perspective of trauma. I'm like, yeah, I don't have that. I wasn't in war. I didn't fortunately witness anyone being murdered, but we actually all have trauma because trauma mm. is just how the past continues to affect your present. It's like this energetic and emotional residue from the past. And being willing to see that and being willing to release and let go of it is actually what healing is. And it's so important to actually manifest your the life that you desire because you can do all the high vibe activities and raise your frequency and raise your vibration. But if you have shit holding you down and shit that you're still carrying with you, you're just going to create so much resistance because it's basically this internal tug of war within yourself. And you cannot high vibe your way out of carrying the residue from the past it just doesn't work that way I tried <laughs> yeah yeah same <laughs> yeah but that that constant care it takes so much energy to try and put yourself in a place of high vibe when 95% of you is actually still carrying those yeah. very low vibrational traumatic experiences shame guilt all of the things that you may unconsciously carry and mm -hmm. yeah that was literally me. I think I was probably the most toxic, positive person you've ever met in your Dude, life. Same. Everything was fine. <laughs> I was like, no, everything's all good. It's all going to work out. And while what I say now seems very similar in the language, like everything's going to work out, the intention is very different because yeah. from a toxic positivity lens, I did like a whole like training around this. Toxic positivity lens, everything works out for me is because even if it doesn't, I'm not even going to allow my mindset to see where it's not because I can't even, I don't have the space. I don't have the energetic capacity to hold if it fucks, if I fuck, if I fuck up or if the world turns, I can't even see it. I can't hold it. And so I'm just going to keep myself over here. Whereas looking at it from that lens of it all gets to work out for me is by doing the deep work, by checking and knowing like, oh, actually, 
I've, I've, I've seen what I need to do and I've done what's required of me. I've supported myself through that healing journey. And now I truly know that my soul is ready for these things that I'm wanting to step into. And every time something feels blocked, it's, it's simply a, a marker for me to go into my unconscious and say, okay, maybe, maybe there is actually something to look at there. Not that everything's seven layers deep, but sometimes it actually is. And you need to be willing to look at those things to be able to have the space to call in what you desire and what you want for more. Yeah, absolutely. And toxic positivity, especially when looking at it in the context of how it impacts the relationship with yourself, it's basically abandonment of self because you're not allowing mm. yourself the capacity to feel your own emotions and you're essentially gaslighting yourself and thinking your way out. And you can't think your way out because when it comes to healing, you have to feel in order to heal. But if you're not allowing yourself to experience the full range and spectrum of emotions, then you're ultimately bypassing your own healing. And it really creates this sense of um, disconnection because you are really avoiding what you need to be feeling in order to learn the lessons to become that next version of yourself. Because when you feel and release the emotions from the past, it creates the space to learn the lessons that are present for you. And those lessons are how you actually step into that next version of yourself. So toxic positivity basically cock blocks you from becoming more in alignment with the higher version of yourself. And I was like queen of toxic positivity for the longest time because I learned about mindset and, you know, using your thoughts and being able to make those shifts. And I thought I could just like bypass like the feeling part. I'm like, I'll just mm -hmm. think all these positive things and life <laughs> is amazing. And li life was not amazing because I did not feel I did not feel, and I spent so much time trying to avoid the, the bad emotions. And I'm using air quotes here because emotions aren't good or bad. They're neutral. It's just our perspective and the interpretation that we give them, but mm. we cannot be selective with our emotions. And if we are trying to limit the range of emotions that we experience, we're ultimately cutting ourselves off because you can only feel as high as you're willing to feel low. And the more that you feel, the more that you get to feel and actually experience life and life is meant to be experienced and lived, not avoided. And it takes so much energy to try to actually avoid the negative, uncomfortable mm. emotions because it's just draining you. Yeah. To feel like to truly feel is to be truly alive. And definitely when I was in that state of toxic positivity and really wanting to just not feel anything not heal anything it was this this part where I was truly unfulfilled and I was really unhappy even though everything was fine because I couldn't feel I couldn't tap into the energy of joy mm -hmm. I couldn't tap into the energy of fulfillment or abundance or just true like loving life because there was no depth to the the willingness as to what I would truly feel and knowing that was what was on the other side of what I was about to venture into I was like well I don't want to do that like that's terrifying I'll just stay up here in this little floaty cloud of like everything's we're having a party up here but depth of life is truly I think the biggest one of the biggest lessons I've learned just in my entire life is that Life is not to be sped through. Life is not to be, you know, sugar-coated and just, it's not about speed. 
it's about the depth that you're willing to go to to mm-hmm. seek the joy and fulfillment that you desire in your life. You could have everything that you want in your life, but if you're truly not allowing yourself the capacity to feel that having the energy and the space to hold those things in your life, then they're truly not going to feel like yours. I remember manifesting something and I didn't clear enough space. I didn't have, didn't do the deep inner work around it. And while I thought I did, I didn't do enough. And then when I had it, it didn't feel safe to hold. It didn't feel like it was truly mine. And then once I released it, I was like, I've just felt like a weight lifted off because I was like, that just, it never truly felt like mine. And now reverse engineering it, I could see what actually had happened. There was no safe space. There was no law of vibration. The vibration, yeah, law of attraction to manifest, to attract, but law of vibration and actually being able to be an energetic match to hold it that is the key second step that is so often missed when we are on our journey of attracting the life that we desire 100 yeah and if it doesn't feel safe to hold it you're going to drop that shit really fast and mm-hmm. there's going to be all kinds of different patterns that come up that are still present because you didn't actually learn the lessons to unlearn those patterns and your ego is going to do everything to try to keep you safe and protect you from what it is you actually desire. And that's where self-sabotage comes in. It's like this toxic self-love pattern of, from your ego trying to keep you safe because what you desire does not actually feel safe. It actually is perceived as a threat because you don't have the space and the capacity to actually hold it. Mm. Yeah. And there was a very, there's a very important, like, part of that which is self-compassion because so often we want all these big and beautiful things we want to live an incredibly aligned and fulfilled life and amazing but we have to be compassionate with ourselves that we're a human being having a human experience and that life's not fucking vanilla and it's not all, all roses and there's going to be times in your life where you pull back the can and you have a little bit you have you, you process a bit of shit you heal a bit of shit And then you leave it for a while and you're like actually being compassionate with, you know, growth is a journey. Healing is lifelong. It's not going to be like, I'm going to do it once and then we're going to be over. It truly is this part of going, I am willing and I'm committed to, you know, building grit, building the resilience to see as much as I possibly can when I can see it and be compassionate with the rest. Because otherwise we get into this very stifling energy of they're like, oh, I know I have so much to heal. It feels overwhelming. And then we don't do it because we don't feel safe enough to hold it. So it's giving ourselves the permission to build resilience, to heal and to love ourselves throughout the whole journey because doing that work is hard. It is gnarly and it is going to show yourself who you truly are and really knowing that you, when you're anchored in self-compassion and self-love, that's what's going to allow you that foundation to build the self-trust from as well. Yeah. And it can feel so daunting at first, especially if you're in like the beginning phases of this journey of personal discovery and self-love and healing and all the things. And I used to think that there was a finish line. I'm like, cool. One day I'm going to cross that finish line. I'm going to get this trophy or this fully healed human. And that's not how it works because there's always more life that you're living. And then there's always deeper layers of yourself to access. So it's not Mm. about waiting to become this fully healed human it's it really is about loving this version of yourself this perfectly imperfect version of yourself and all of your humanness that's actually Mm. the key 
And the more that you can have compassion towards yourself, the more that you can love and accept this version of yourself, the more that you're able to step into that next version of yourself, because it does create that sense of internal safety that allows you to see yourself and to see the parts of yourself that have been um, abandoned in the past and actually bringing those parts of yourself into back home, into your heart. It's Mm. that's what healing is. Like your own love is actually what heals you. Yeah, your own love that heals you, that is powerful. And Mm -hmm. it truly is the journey of coming home to yourself, coming home to your who you are at a true soul level. And like on one hand, it's something fun to say, like coming home to yourself at a true soul level. But truly, when you do the work and you understand how much of a shift it truly creates in your life to lead every decision, every choice, every moment from a place of love and authenticity and actually serving your higher purpose even if it is the harder thing to do is a Mm -hmm. very liberating feeling from the opposite of making every choice from this is what I should be doing this is what everyone else is doing this is what's expected of me and making choices from a very disempowered place and there is such a shift when you go from disempowerment to empowerment and that shift is relationship with self and trusting your own voice your own decisions and that whatever you're going to do you're going to land and if you fuck up and you fall on your face you're still going to be fine as well yeah and sometimes you gotta fuck up and fall on your face because there really are no mistakes in life there's just lessons to be learned and sometimes Mm. it's what you think you're you're doing that's fucking up and you make a mistake it's that lesson that allows you to actually take the next step. And it's the course correction that you need to actually guide you to where you're supposed to be all along. So even in the moments where you're like, oh, I fucked up. I made a mistake. I wish that never happened. Like it actually happened exactly the way it was supposed to, or else it wouldn't mm-hmm. have happened. And Always. it's less, it's less about what happens in the past and more so about what we choose to do next that matters most. It's always how we take the experiences that we encountered in life and how do we use them to, to learn? Because life is always happening for us. And within every single moment, there's something for us to see about ourselves. There's a lesson to be learned. And the more that we can be present and open to actually receiving that guidance and learning those lessons, we get to become who we're supposed to be, which is who we already are. It's just beneath all of the patterns and programs and subconscious conditioning from the past. It's the most interesting uh, paradox of this human conditioning. It's like all that we desire, the sense of unconditional love and wholeness. We are all that. We are already that. It's just this practice of remembering the truth of who we are beneath everything else. Mm. Yeah, because you have all of the answers already inside of you. You have all of the makeup. You have all of the things already, but it is not so much this learning process. I I wrote a post about this the other day about when I first got into mindset work, I was like, wow, so much to learn, so many new things. I'm going to do this and this and this and this and all this stuff. My whole life will elevate. It's very like love and light, but I loved it, loved it. And that only took me really so far in that season of my journey what was really interesting and we have actually spent the bulk of my work and where a lot of the clients that I have and a lot of the work the deeper work is the unlearning is the coming home to the self through shedding 
the the social conditioning, the shoulds, the expectations that we think have been placed on us as our truth and relearning our own truth, which we've already had, we already have that inside. And a lot of the work is not the new stuff. It is the learning something that is new to us. Like I use air quotes, but learning something that is new to us to give us language for something that already existed in our past for us to have a different perspective, to shift that and then take that as our lesson to come home. Yeah, 100%. It's all unlearning. Like the becoming is really the unbecoming of all that we're not Mm -hmm. to become more of who that we already are. It's the most interesting thing. It's like the the vision that we have of ourselves and who we want to be, like that version of ourselves already exists. It's just a matter of stripping away all that we're not to return to that version of ourselves. And it, it really is unlearning and you have to be willing to see the patterns that you're unlearning in order to actually unlearn them. So it, it mm. becomes a beautiful journey. Like it really just becomes like a way of life and a way of living. And I'm curious, what are some of your, do you have any practices or rituals that you do routinely just to help you maintain that sense of connection with yourself? Mm, love that question. And for me, having a baseline of practices is key. It is number one. Mm. The biggest priority in my life is having a baseline of rituals and practices and things that allows me I know if I do these things I know I'm going to show up and be this person which is going to allow me to live the life I already have from a place of presence and fulfillment and joy Mm. as well as all of the other things that come with growing and evolving and all of that Um, and that's the key for the present moment right now like this is that's what I do it for first and foremost but every day I it is non-negotiable, non-negotiable to meditate every single day and noticing the days that I don't or that I miss it, it is such a significant shift for me in the baseline of my reactivity and knowing that when I do meditate, I am so much more calm because I am so much more tapped in and grounded to my mm-hmm. own energy, my own voice and truly speaking from my heart and not my ego, which is so important especially like journaling, self-reflective practices, contemplation, like just before this this podcast, going out and sitting in the sun for 10 minutes with my dog and just sitting there checking in, like, how am I doing? What do I need to support myself? I'm good. Great. Like, let's go. Mm-hmm. Um, it's truly those three key things which changed my entire life like two or three years ago. And as well as a lot of yoga, a lot of restorative yoga, hot cold therapy things that challenge my body but also allow me to tap into my body to be able to tap into my mind and really centering my life around those especially this year has been transformational as the baseline that I know that I can control for my life yeah I love that so much and it's so incredibly important to have these practices and I like to think of them as hygiene. Like we talk about hygiene from a physical perspective most Mm. of the time. Like, of course, you're going to take a shower every day. Of course, you're going to brush your teeth. These are just like standards that you have in your life. But when you think about your emotional and your mental and your energetic hygiene, we don't really necessarily have those practices in place to support how we want to show up and actually developing those rituals and practices and having those tools that you are are actually using changes how you are able to show up and experience life. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm curious as well for you, like, what do you feel like is your 
your practices and and it's it's cool because what you said with your routine about what has served you in the past and kind of like in this this little growth period of knowing oh there's some things that I really that really serve me but doesn't serve me in this next season like yeah what do you feel like is the routines that have served you so well or the the habits the practices the rituals yeah so when I first started learning about you know these different tools and practices I got so excited and I was like oh my morning routine my morning routine turned toxic because I literally was (laughs) like I need to use every tool in my toolbox every single morning or else I'm going to feel massive anxiety. And I became very dependent on my morning routine. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I was using these tools and practices to create, um, as a way to create internal stability. I was using all of these external things and being able to have the discernment to identify, okay, what are the tools and practices? What are my core? Like, what are my core things that I do? And then what do I get to choose to use based on how I'm feeling and based on what I need? So for me, like my core, it's meditation. Like I have meditated every single day since probably 2020. And it's just become a part of my identity. Like it's Mm. just what I do. Um, and I had so much resistance to meditating at first. I'm like, oh, no, the thought of sit- sitting alone with myself and my own thoughts, like a yeah. worst nightmare. No, no, thank you. Like, I'd rather never do that. And I, I just like forced myself to do it. And sometimes it will take that willpower at first. It's going to take a little bit of self-discipline to mm. be committed with using these practices, but I just felt called to actually commit to it. And when I was looking at who all of my greatest mentors were, I'm like, they're all meditating. There's something to it. Let me actually mm-hmm. just commit to it. So I started with five minutes a day and now I meditate for 22 minutes every single morning and half for years. But now this next version of me, this next chapter of me needs a deeper level of connection to myself. So I've recently Mm -hmm. committed to an an evening meditation as well. So adding in a second meditation just to be more grounded and connected with my own energy. So meditation is, is one of my most important practices. And it really is the way of your intuition and your highest self and the universe and the divine communicating with you. It's how you actually receive that and how you can actually just begin to witness yourself on deeper levels. Mm -hmm. Journaling is also a huge, huge, huge practice of mine. And I began journaling in 2018 because that was like my journey of self-love and self-discovery. And like the first tool that I like learned, I'm like, I don't Mm. know what the fuck I'm doing, but journaling, I'm going to do some journaling. And (laughs) I have consistently journaled, you know, every day since journaling is huge for me. Also some type of movement, um, whether it's yoga or working out, but in the morning, I'll do a lot of just intuitive movement and dance to just allow myself to connect with my body and to be more present in the moment. Um, Usually some type of practice to assist with regulating my nervous system because nervous system regulation is so important because you cannot create your dream life when you're living in survival mode. And most Mm -hmm. of the time we are living in this dysregulated state and we have this activated sympathetic nervous system and that's not where healing occurs that's not where creativity occurs that's not where we actually get to become the next version of ourselves in that activated state so whether it's breath work or some other type of somatic practice to assist in regulating my nervous system and then lately I've been doing a lot of EFT tapping as well Mm. just as a way to continue to cultivate um new beliefs and update subconscious programming yeah I remember 
amazing and I love all of those and it's just finding the season as to when you tap into those core mm-hmm. practices yeah breath work nervous system regulation and tapping I remember it was about three years ago I first went to a psychologist and experienced she facilitated EFT tapping and I was like this is amazing there were things that I'd been you know I had since I was 12 or 13 that she was able to take me from a dysregulated state from like a, a nine or a 10 to a, a two or a three with one session. And I was just like, what the fuck is this practice? Like, this is incredible. And I'm doing an EFT tapping course at the end of the month because it's something I'm wanting to bring into my coaching because mm. it truly is like all of these practices are so incredibly simple, like meditation, free simple just take that space Mm -hmm. and time to tap in with our own energy and the divine is amazing journaling free time it just that investment of time all of these things are so simple but it really is supporting ourselves to have the tools the knowledge the way in which we can set up our environment our habits and our self-accountability to actually do them and know that we are worthy and deserving of having that time that that time is the most productive time that we can invest in ourselves, regardless of investing cash and money and whatever it's the time and that daily practice like that is the thing that sets the tone for the day and for life yeah yeah for sure and it can feel like such a conundrum at first you know starting to incorporate some of these practices in your life because you're like you might be like i'm stressed i feel anxious i don't have time i i feel like i'm being pulled in a million directions i'm (laughs) overwhelmed i don't have time for that and it's actually using those practices that allow you to navigate life and change the experience of feeling anxious of feeling overwhelmed and of all the things but we so often wait until we have time like we're gonna wait i'm gonna wait Mm. until i have time and you're never you're going to have time like you're never going to find time time isn't something that you find it's something that you create and creating time for yourself and prioritizing time for yourself again is communicating energetically that if you are a priority in your own life then other people are going to also treat you like a priority and that's how you actually become a priority in life is you have to make yourself a priority Mm. and it starts by really prioritizing how you are caring for yourself how you are supporting yourself and then once you start to treat yourself better life starts to treat you better and like the experience of life begins to shift yeah yeah I love what you said about that's the level to which you prioritize yourself is that sets the standard for how life prioritizes you for others prioritizing Mm -hmm. you because that is the standard of the relationship with you it ripples out to so many other areas of our life and especially within yeah romantic relationships friendships workplace like all of those those relationships in which we spend a lot of time it's so important to actually have our needs met and our prioritize like be prioritized in those moments where we need it but we have to lead that process first and yeah I was the same with the meditation of knowing that I was so stressed and so dysregulated and and we say this as well like you have to wait you don't have to wait to rock bottom to change something but most often like it does happen in those moments and they're really powerful and you can leverage the fuck out of those but starting the meditation practice in that moment it was like I had you know I had like three jobs I was so stressed so dysregulated I had no time 
But it's crazy how much time you can find when your world feels like it's going to flip upside down and you have to do something. You have you realize that you're the only person that can make change in your life and how time starts to open up. And yeah, when you realize the energetics around time, creating time, I live a very, very busy life, but I have so much space and time in my day and it was not always that way. And it, it yeah. still blows my mind to this day, like the the spaciousness and the calm and the nervous system regulation, like how much those very, yeah, mind-blowing at the time, but now daily daily practices, daily things that that you become embodied in make such a difference in your life. Yeah, and it actually changes your relationship with time because time is this arbitrary made-up construct because the time is always now right? Like what time is it now? Tomorrow doesn't exist. When it arrives, it's called today. And the more present that you can be in this moment, the more effective you actually are. And you actually show up differently. You show up differently in relationships. You're able to do the task in front of you and what needs to be done differently. And you have just such a different energetic capacity because most of the time, we're not even here, right? We're in our heads. We're in the future. We're in the past. We're thinking about what happened yesterday, five minutes ago, 10 years before, and we're not actually in this moment. And this moment creates the next moment, which creates the next moment, which creates your life. Life is just a series of moments. And to think that one Mm. day I'm going to have time to meditate because right now I have too much anxiety and I can't do it. No, meditating is what's actually going to allow you to be present in the moment and get out of your head and into your body and into the moment. And that's actually where abundance is. Like people think of abundance as being like wealth and prosperity. And yes, Mm. it is. But abundance for me is really just how present are you? It's the sense of aliveness that you experience and just how available are you to life? And that comes from presence. That comes from being here in the moment and time just opens up and you realize, oh, okay, this actually is my perception of it. It's not what's changing. Like, it's interesting. Whenever you're late for something, it seems like everything takes so much longer. And then whenever you're like loving an experience, it feels like it goes <laughs> by so fast, right? Like time flies when you're having fun. Time is the same. It's just our perception of it. Yeah. And our perception of it comes from mm-hmm. our own internal state and our level of awareness. Yeah. And that's the coolest thing about meditation is that it's not about the practice in the moment. And while yes, it's so healing and you can have this beautiful connection and all of all of the beautiful things and that come with meditation in the practice. But taking meditation and though harnessing the lessons, the things you know about yourself, your energy into your life, that's where the magic happens. Being able mm-hmm. to bring presence to the moment of where you are currently standing, being able to tap into your body and notice changes when a situation around you changes, is there an energetic shift? You cultivate mm-hmm. this awareness and of, of body, mind, and spirit in meditation to be able to carry that into your life. And that is truly where you can make so many different decisions from this place of being tapped into your own energy rather from a place of being untapped into your own energy and not being fully aware as to why your body is freaking out in a a situation when you have no baseline awareness of why that may be occurring. Yeah. Yeah. 
And when you have no awareness, that's when you react because it's just like this happened and I'm doing this because most of the time our actions and decisions and choices are being directed by our emotions. We're either seeking an emotion or we're trying to avoid an emotion. And it happens from the subconscious place and we're not aware of it. But the more that we can be aware of our emotions and having that separation from our emotions and our true self, we can actually begin to understand the choices that we're making in life. And we can begin to respond to life rather than just react to life. And the power is in the pause and meditation helps you cultivate that pause in your life where you can experience something and not just have that automatic reaction. You can Mm. sit with it. You can be aware with it and you can actually choose how you are going to respond. And that's the difference between just reacting to your life and living life on this treadmill where nothing really changes because you're just repeating the past versus being able to respond to your life and actually create your life and intentionally choose how you're showing up and intentionally choose the choices that you make because you are coming from that place that is connected to the truth of who you are. Mm, It's the power of intention. And Mm -hmm. you may be doing the same thing you may be going to work or going to the gym or doing all of these seemingly normal things but the power of intention is to be able to choose who you are and how you're going to carry yourself and carry your energy when you do it what's the why behind this thing where does the intention come from and it's the thing sometimes you actually don't have to change your entire life sometimes you don't have to quit your job leave your partner do all of these you know big life things sometimes you actually just have to have a shake up of the intention and the energy of how you're carrying yourself within mm-hmm. the things that you already do and having that perspective shift is is very very powerful when you bring it to the right things of going okay what would it look like if I actually didn't change this which would bypass me from learning my lesson which is actually just to be more intentional and lean a little bit deeper into to what this thing actually means for me and who I am when I'm doing it Mm -hmm. yeah 100 and it's usually those subtle shifts that change your life the most and there's this like saying if you're in an aircraft and if the pilot makes like a one degree shift in the trajectory you're going to end up in an entirely different country so it really is Mm -hmm. about these subtle shifts that compound and then have they have the biggest impact on your life yeah yeah there is so much evidence of it's that thing so talked about the one percent the one percent shift the one percent change but Mm -hmm. It needs to be talked about more and more until it becomes the norm, but until it becomes the standard, because truly that five, 10 minute meditation daily practice is the difference between living a very disempowered and, and life unconnected to who I was to now knowing exactly who I am, what I'm here to do and how to actually get it. That started from a very small shift and then compounding on those actions from a very mm-hmm. intentional place. And it it really is, yeah, such a difference when you look at growth and you look at committing to making some really positive changes in your life and just starting really, really small. And sometimes you'll do two small things and then you can go and do the big thing. But most often it really is starting with those small changes and then then you get on to the big shit, but yeah, that's good. 
Yeah. And all those, all of those changes compound and then they begin to work together and they get, begin to build upon each other. And one of the biggest things that happens is you are keeping promises to yourself because when you tell yourself, mm. you know what, I'm going to meditate. And then you actually meditate. You're making deposits into your bank account of self-trust and you begin to yeah. actually trust yourself that when you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it because the same thing happens when you don't do what you say you're going to do. You withdraw from that bank account of self-trust and it reaches a place where it's like, you're telling yourself, I'm going to wake up early tomorrow and meditate. And it's like, bitch, you, you're not really doing that. You yeah, know you're that. Not doing that. But the more <laughs> that you actually keep your word to yourself and you don't mm. break those promises to yourself, you build self-trust. So not only are you meditating and developing that connection with yourself, you're building self-trust. And then those two work together have this amplifying effect and then you're going to do this and you're going to do that and then it just really becomes like this beautiful beautiful way of experiencing life and it all builds upon each other mm. yeah absolutely like it really is what are you compounding are you compounding in the direction of self-trust and the direction of positive change in your life and wanting to create the life of your dreams or are you compounding in the opposite and away from all of the things that of who you are, of what you desire in your life and, and who the person that you truly are to do all of those things? And yeah, I think that is such a powerful, yeah. powerful place to leave it. And I like, I want, if you're, when you're listening to this, I want you to go back and listen to that again, because it truly is in the compounding of those small actions from a place of intention, self-love and self-trust that will shift so much for you like it's at the core of everything it really yeah. really is and, and you are always creating momentum and you get to decide which direction you are moving that momentum towards yeah yeah you are your own momentum you it, are your own momentum yeah and when you forget it you re-remind re yourself you are your own momentum mm -hmm. and you can move unapologetically in the direction in the pursuit of your dreams regardless of what is happening around you when you know you are solid and grounded in who you are yeah yeah I love that love it love it this has been such a beautiful conversation and I just knew it was going to land somewhere and the relationship to self the and really just kind of like weaving in practices and and ways in which you can find out who you truly are at your soul core level and what an impact and telling your story and what that's actually going to create for shifts in people's lives I know this is going to be such a powerful episode for people to listen to so thank you again for coming on the podcast I'm so grateful to have you on is there anything that's coming up for you in the next few months like what is what is your work like what I know there's some very exciting things happening in the background so I'd love you to come on and speak to those as well yeah, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. I love, love, love this conversation. And I honestly feel like we could just keep going for hours, but I enjoyed <laughs> it so, so much. And there's definitely a lot of exciting things happening in my world right now. I do offer online coaching. I have programs that help women transform their lives by transforming their relationship with themselves and also use mm. toxic relationships as a catalyst to unlock their highest self. So I have my coaching programs. I also have my podcast, Dear Dumb Bitch. 
and I am beginning the publishing journey of my first book. So my book will be coming out in the beginning of 2024, which is really exciting. I saw it on your stories the other day and I was like, bitch, this is big. Like, this is so exciting. The book is just going to be, yeah, incredible. And it's just such a beautiful platform, especially coming from that coaching and, and like more personal, like working with people to having something that people can take off into their own journey. And yeah, I just know it's going to be such a magical thing. I'm so excited for that book to come out and so excited for you to go on the, the journey that that book is going to take you on as well. Mm, thank you so much. Yeah. And my Instagram is at I am Kel Cal. So if you are listening and you have any questions or if I can be a support for you in any way, then send me a message. I love, love, love connecting with listeners. Amazing. And I'll make sure that all the links, all the details and bits and pieces are in the show notes. If you are wanting to connect, I'll make sure that it's all there for you. So it's nice and easy to connect. But again, thank you so much coming on this has been such a beautiful and powerful conversation and yeah can't wait to connect more soon me too thank you so much appreciate you thank you for tuning in to the on the fucking vibe podcast Hope you're having a absolute vibey day after listening to that chat, that teaching or whatever that podcast was. If I would absolutely love if you could tag me, share your takeaways, DM me your realizations, if anything has come up for you, I would absolutely love to hear from you. And I've popped all the ways to work with me in the show notes or if I have a guest, I'll pop them in the show notes as well. If you have any questions, Always jump my DMs. I love a chat and hope you have an absolute fucking on the vibe day. Artlist.io Music